0: Sunday roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your weeks? Bad, presumably. How are your hearts? And how are your heads? Ugh. This is a hard one to record. Um, don't worry, nothing emotional, but just the world is in such an utter state of dog shit. I'm sure many of you listening who are in the UK and Ireland are aware that, like, a snowman towards the end of spring our lives are melting into a sort of sloppy, hopeless heap of shite. I was feeling it this week. I'm feeling very crap. However, we must prevail. We will prevail. The show must go on. And on that note, this week's show is brought to you by Jemison Colebrew. Best served, like, my younger sister's career as a beanie baby salesman on eBay, a.k.a. on the rocks. Jokes aside though, she actually invested like all of her communion money into that and thought for some reason she'd make a boatload of cash. Little did she know that the real loot these days is in groovy chick paraphernalia. Anyway, check out Jemison Cobrew, please drink responsibly and visit drinkaware.ie for more information. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to last week's show, for all of your lovely messages. To everybody who went on and reviewed the podcast afterwards, thank you very much. It makes such a huge, huge difference. So uh please, if if you don't have the means to subscribe to the Patreon, it would be amazing if you could just review the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it makes such a difference. Hopefully it keeps me in business and helps change my life a little bit. So thank you very much. Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Instagram, at Megan Mark, etc. Oh, okay, I need to get, the, let's get the energy going. Let's get it going. Today we are talking about New York City, right? The windy city, the city of love. I love New York City. Been there a good few times over the years, I've been very fortunate. But sort of most people were, I think, like in. I've been. I went, I haven't been now in like a year and a half. But pri- there was a period from like two thousand and three to two thousand eight when I think like most Irish people were going there on like bank holidays, which was absolute madness. But I can understand why. It's 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 a fabulous city. It's great. There's a great energy, as people say. Um which makes me really I can really understand why sort of people move there. But I wanted to ask you this today to sort of see if you're on the same page as me. What do people who move to New York do? Do you know what I mean? Like what? What is their job other than living in New York? Like as far like as far as I'm concerned like living in New York is not a personality trait. Do you know what I mean? Whereas that seems to be the case with a lot of people. Like, you know, you go to your cousin's house at Christmas and your auntie will come over to you after three glasses of Valpolicella, and, you know, she'll be asking you about what you're doing. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm doing the podcast, trying to give comedy a bit of a go. Well, no, it's a very tough industry, Mark. Oh, is it? You're a swimming teacher. How do you know? Anyway, uh okay. Yeah, no, it is a tough industry. And, you know, the music didn't work out. Well, no, thanks for reminding me. No, the music didn't work out. No, but like, you know, I'm still writing. I'm writing comedy now. Just albeit different sort of stuff. And yeah, thanks for this, by the way. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. I'm just going to, I'm just going to head off and cry beneath the tree for half an hour. And then like your sister comes over. Ah, Jesus, Deirdre, how are you getting on? Oh, great. And what are you up to these days with yourself? Uh, I live in New York. Ah, did you hear that, Mark? Yeah, but you haven't even asked what she's, she lives in New York. Yeah, but ask her what she's doing. No, that is enough. As if like living in New York City is enough. What is your occupation? I live in New York. What do you? Do? Yeah, but like, what do you do day to day? Well, I once saw Leonard Dunham on the subway, and I have pints midweek. Good stuff. It's 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 a scam. All you have to do really is just move to New York, and there there is this veneer of success. Um, I might consider it. I may consider it, and I have said this before as well. But it's interesting that, you know, the people that move to New York or L.A. And they come back like they've only been there for like three months. okay, and they've already got a complete like they've got the accent entirely. Doesn't seem to happen when they go to Thailand. Doesn't seem to happen when they go to Thailand. It's insane. What do you do in New York? I work in a bar. Real cool, that's, is a, is a good fun? Oh man, the money's a joke, like, is it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, he's making mad money in tips, like, I don't know why everybody doesn't do it. Well, okay, yeah, fair enough, he's working in a cool bar and he's making mad money in tips. He also has to hide in a sleeping bag when the federal agent comes over every two months to check if his housemate's marriage with a 71-year-old biscuit from Tallahassee is legitimate. Ah, oh, it's all about the tips, bro, it's all about the tips. Listen, man, first and foremost, if there's one person, okay, who understands the importance of a tip, it's me. I have a very inadequate phallus, so I understand. But here's a tip for you. Here's a tip for you. Don't overstay your visa. Because no amount of selfies outside of a bar in Bushwick will justify spending Christmases on Skype for the rest of your life. I don't think. People do change when they go to New York. I mean, people change when they move anywhere. That's the beauty of, the beauty of travel and the transience of life. But I feel like with New York, it's quite specific. It's it's almost guaranteed, you know. There's like a sort of evolution. There's like a there's a journey of, ev- and they you, they love that word, by the way. I just feel like on my journey right now. But everybody that moves to New York, you know, if you look at any Irish person, you know, the first picture of them uploaded to Facebook when they move will be like. You know, them with a few of their sort of spud goblin friends in Times Square wearing a GAA jersey with the hurl, right? They've just been to like the M&M store or something. They only drink in sports bars that have very tenuous Irish connections, like O'Neill's, O'Ryan's, or O'Brad's. Then all of a sudden, As the weeks go on, in less time than it takes for a pregnant woman to start showing, they'll be walking through Williamsburg in a dungarees with an accent that wouldn't sound out of place. On a Wu-Tang album, the hurl has been swapped for a baseball bat, and all of a sudden they're calling things with no discernible canine features. Dog, you're from Rathmines, Liam, not Staten Island. Your dad is a chiropodist, and your mum is a legend. Drop the facade. Please drop the facade. You weren't... Facade, did I say that? Please drop the facade. You weren't born in the Big Apple, Liam, right? You big biscuit. They also... Have you noticed that? Another thing about people that move to New York, they always seem to have one novelty friend just to masquerade the fact that they only hang out with the Irish people. And they'd be like, oh, what are you up to tonight? Ah, I'm just going out for a few drinks with Martello. He's he's so sick. Oh, who else? Ah, oh, just Martello. We're going to this, like, dive bar. It's supposed to be, like, really sick. Why are you speaking like anyway uh, who else is going oh just a few other friends no 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 who else is going it's you uh, your novelty friend who else just a few friends from work who else please tell me their names Uh, Quiva, Dermot and Fucra yeah I knew it I knew it I knew it you're a spoofer you're a spoofer Listen, like, I totally understand when you... Like, I've lived in London. I've lived in the UK for more of my adult life than I have in Ireland, which is crazy. So I understand... Oh, oh, my phone's ringing. Sorry, one sec. Hello? Oh, hello, mate. What's that? You just tried the new Jemison Cobrew Brew and felt compelled to call me about it? And you had it on the rocks but would also recommend serving it with cola? Wow. Thank you for sharing this incredibly vital and interesting information with me. (laughs) <laughs> Don't you hate that? Don't you hate those awful ads on the radio where the marketing team behind them are so lacking in creativity that the best they can do is stage some fake phone call to push their product. And actually, even worse is when they try and use slang or colloquialisms to make it feel more authentic. You know the ones. Ah, uh, how are you, Dodger? Jesus, how are you, Splodger? Are you just a normal everyman like myself? The type of fella you would be chatting to and walk about the football? I am, yeah. Go on in anyway and continue the charade. Well, I was only telling Roger about the new sofa I got down there from that furniture t- shop on 123 Biscuit Street. Is that the furniture shop on 123 Biscuit Street with the sale on? Almost everything in store with some deductions up to 50%. Those ads are the worst. Also, while we're on the subject, has there ever been a singular point in history when a furniture store hasn't had a massive sale on? Nevertheless... Jemison Cole Brew is amazing. I think you should try it. Please drink responsibly and visit drinkaware.ie for more information. But listen, I understand upon living somewhere else, you, you learn a lot about yourself and other people and your values and purpose and all the rest. So I totally can relate and empathize with people changing. But I feel like the dramatic rate in which people who move to New York change it's just disingenuous. It's just not real. Like, a friend of mine came back from New York. I think he'd been there for, like, four months, okay? This time last year. And we were back in Dublin. It was before... Oh, yeah, this time last year. So it before Christmas. Jesus, what a bloody fast year. Feels like it's gone on forever. Jesus, 2020, it's almost as long as the Irishman on Netflix. <laughs> um But he came back from New York and I sent him a text. I was like... um, Oh, what's the story? Like, do you want to go for a coffee or, like, a smoothie or something? He was like, oh, you guys have smoothies here? What? Oh, I didn't realise you guys have smoothies here in Dublin. It's just, like, it's a huge thing, obviously, in New York. Ah, like, come on now. Like, that sort of stuff is absolute slop. Like, that is absolute slop. You, you, of course we have smoothies here. You know, and they come back and they act like they're people of the world... Oh, you guys have, you guys have that here. Oh, sick. Yeah, no, we've, we've had those and we've had those in New York for bloody ages. Absolute spoof. Because it also raises the question though. I mean, like if you really like New York that much and if you're that embedded and sort of entrenched in American culture, how come it seems to me like the life that you're living over there is just a sort of you know, a a rough duplicate or a a poor man's attempt at a replication of what you had back here. Like, you only hang around with Irish people. You sort of only drink pints of Guinness. You're posting Instagram photos of homemade chicken fillet rolls. Have you seen people doing that? I never really understood that. The idea of, like, bringing your own sort of tea or confectionery or crisps from home with you on holidays because you can't go a week, you know, without... Tea that you like to drink. What a bad sentence. It's very peculiar. It's like those boxes. You know those boxes they do? When like for people who are homesick, you know, you get a call from from your cousin in Vancouver who's like just broken up with his wife for six years. She's taking the kid. He's sleeping outside the boot of in in the boot of his Volvo, you know, in the golf club. And what's the people in Ireland do? Oh, Jesus, yeah, no, that was awful about William. She's taking the kids now, yeah, and his, his job's it jeopardized as well because he'd gotten the job through her. So, yeah, no, the whole thing's falling apart. You yeah, know, he's, he's really, really low. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Should we get him, you know, we try and get him onto a therapist. What do you think we'd fly over even? No, 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 I've got an idea. I've got an idea. This will fix everything. What is it? Let's send him a box with 16 Tato, some irrelevant sweets from the 90s, and a t-shirt that says bacon and cabbage on it. What the hell is going on here that we think this is going to solve all of the world's woes, all of his problems? The poor man has just lost his wife and kids, okay? A few King Crisps and some crusty Brennan's bread isn't going to solve the fucking guy's issues. <music> Homesickness is a real thing, though, obviously. I'm sure some people even listening to this now are experiencing it. And if you are, my thoughts are with you massively. It may seem absurd, the idea that I could relate, considering I lived and or live in London. So when you're that geographically close to home, it feels implausible that you could experience homesickness. But that's why it's such. It's like grief. It's such a weird, strange beast that just when you do... Get homesickness. It sort of overwhelms you and engulfs you, and it just has like it's just a void that cannot be filled. Like in my earlier twenties, when I first lived in the UK, I couldn't really understand the concept of homesickness because I was like, "Why?" You know, I was so probably because I was so self obsessed, but also headstrong, so that I barely even like cast a glance over my shoulder towards Ireland. But now that I've gotten to like my mid twenties, I'm 26. I totally get it, and I experienced homesickness uh, like I think about a year ago in London. And once that void is there, it like, it cannot be filled. It's so hard. Even going back home, it's ironic that even doing the thing that you think would cure the ailment only for me, it only amplified it. Cause then when I would go back to Dublin for a weekend, I'd almost just be like looking at the clock, counting down the hours until I have to return in that sort of dreaded anticipation of the homesickness returning. It's sort of like anybody that's ever... Okay, if you've ever gotten like a panic attack or if you have anxiety, a large part of the anxiety is propelled by the fear of having more anxiety or having another panic attack. That's sort of the way that I um, equate it to homesickness. You lonely perverts? <laughs> no, but... um So yeah, I get it. It can stalk you like a shadow. It is awful. So sometimes it can be very helpful if you get a visit from a family member or friends. Obviously, it helps when you live somewhere as attractive as New York City because people want to visit you. You know, a friend of mine lives in Dallas, and I literally don't think one person has visited him in the decade that he's lived there. Hope he's well. Wife left him. He has a few crisps, though. Um, But the Irish family in New York, that whole experience, like, we have to discuss it. We have to discuss Irish families going to New York. I sort of wonder. It makes me really question a lot of the sort of, like, the psychology of Irish people. Like a large part of me believes that we only, you know, we're great travellers. We go all over the world and we set up shop and create lives there. And we also just visit and travel and have holidays and vacation, et cetera, in various places. I do think a large part of that though is just to complain and to sort of compare these places to how things are back at home. Like you look at any family that goes over to New York and like it, it, it even begins in the airport. You know, it begins in the airport. The mum giggling nervously as they go through border control and get asked for the purpose of their journey and how long they're going to, like, they plan on staying in the US. Ah, oh, sure. We're going to visit Michael, you know. He's out in Brooklyn with a few pals. Yeah, OK, ma'am. Oh, do you hear that? Do you hear that, guys? he called me ma'am. Jesus, I feel like the Queen. Shouldn't feel like the Queen. Should not feel like the Queen. And all of the novelty factors that just, like, hit them like a punch in the face, you know, the getting ID'd. Oh, is there any more irrelevant... Crack, then a bunch of like middle-aged people out for dinner in New York and getting giddy because they've been ID'd. Oh Jesus! They must have thought. Do you see this guy's? Take a, someone, take a photo here, your man. Oh, and Enrique, you're asking me for my ID. Jesus, I might take you home to Dublin. You'll do no such thing. You'll do no such thing, Katrina. Kidnapping is a crime, as is human trafficking. You know both of these things. You middle-aged, memory losing. Fat prick. Oh, he must have thought I was 21. 21 stone, maybe. 21 stone, because you haven't stopped eating since we landed in JFK. If this is the Big Apple, you must be Granny Smith. This is absolute madness. Oh, Jesus, the portions are just mad over here. Have you noticed that? Everybody loves going to the US and complaining about the portions, right? And I was thinking about this earlier on in the shower. The whole portion control. Oh no, it's the portions. They're just absolutely mad, aren't they? You're the one that ordered steak, eggs, bacon and cheese for breakfast. This isn't, this is, you know, this is not the portion control. That's not the problem. You're the one that ordered maple syrup cereal at a quarter past morning. This has nothing to do with portion control. Have you noticed that? It's never anytime anybody complains about portions, anytime an Irish or a UK person complains about portions in the US, it's never never about a healthy thing, is it? It's never when they've ordered something good for them. They're never threatening to send back a salad because it's too big. Never the case. Your eyes have been running through the menu at a rate of bloody greedy Gonzales, okay? This is not America's fault, Katrina. What were you thinking? What were you thinking was going to happen when you ordered the candy floss ragu, you absolute pig? This is insanity. Oh yeah, no, these, these sizes are outrageous now. I don't know how they expect me to finish this. What? Okay, okay. Okay, Katrina, please share with us your serving suggestion for fucking treacle lasagna, please. ¶¶ Thanks again to the wonderful people at Jameson for sponsoring today's show. Good few of you have already sent me pictures of yourselves and join Jameson Colbrew and we simply love to see it. Please drink responsibly and visit drinkaware.ie for more information. Guys, thanks so much for listening to today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're doing okay and surviving and sort of switching off from the news because it can totally and utterly uh, steal all of your energy and make you want to give up so don't give up don't give up just yet not before Christmas anyway thanks so much for all of your kind messages please tell your friends about the show please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts it would be incredible if you could sign up to the Patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan literally keeps me alive keeps the dream of comedy alive so uh Thank you so much. Have a good week, and I will see you next Sunday. Bye-bye.